Finley Toyota Studio, it's Cofield and Company. I want to have pasta in one corner and tacos, cantaloupe, <laughs> and top it off all with turkey gravy. I get shamed a lot, and it's completely unfair. Cost us $700 for 15 minutes with a guy who smokes through his mask. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go on a Monday, incredibly busy Monday. There is no slow time in sports. Trust me, I... Today's rundown, I was like, I don't know where to put all this stuff. There's so much going on today. So many good stories. We got the Olympics on the way. Freaking, you know, soccer. We got Wimbledon. So it's all the baseball. I was going to say all those sports that don't get attention like baseball. Uh, We'll have a lot of baseball today as well. Dave Koken's in today. DC and the Sunshine Man legend. Koken's in at 245. So we have a lot to get to. Trending at two. Adam Hill is here. Ari. Say I'm too excited to even announce who's on the show today. Interesting weekend with started uh, Friday. I think I lose track of time with these things, but Chauncey Billups named the coach in Portland. And we didn't even really address it on Friday. It's like, okay, he was on a list for a lot of people, but then you see it start to come out over the weekend. Like "Mm, maybe Damian Lillard wasn't all over this hire. And you're like, wait, how is this even possible in that market when things are kind of running on fumes the guy may not be happy, so we'll get into that as the show moves along, but we're still tracking what's happening in Philly, or happening in Philly with Ben Simmons, and I don't think Ben Simmons is getting moved anytime soon. They're not, I don't, Daryl Morey's not stupid, right? He, he's, he's a good GM, China nonsense aside. <laughs> so he's not going to panic. Well, sports radio is all about panic. It's all about now, 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 now. Whatever the topic is, we got to get it done now, right? Aaron Rodgers, got to get it done now. The Packers are like, no, we don't have to get it done now. So, of course, in Philly, Ben Simmons on Sports Talk Radio, it's still a hot topic a week later. Get him the hell out of here. So I just saw a poll question a little while ago on the, I think it was the Fanatic in Philly. If a Ben Simmons for Dame trade is possible, would you want the Sixers to do it? Now, that's kind of a loaded question because it's not going to be Dame straight up. Right. Or it's not going to be Simmons straight up for Dame. I think they'd have to even throw in more. For Simmons, and this is why you can't make the trade right now because it's rock bottom time. And the Blazers aren't going to freaking spin off Dame without talking to him a bunch and then seeing what's out there for them to improve their squad. But here it's Sports Talk Radio, so let's do it. I voted no. I always like to vote in these things. I voted no. I was just going to say it. that question right there is set up. It's. It's the old, um, I don't know how much, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people watch Fox News. It's a Fox News poll. Like, that's what this is. It's supposed to be 97 to 3. The, the answer is, yes, of course. Yes, of course you do this trade. That's not, there's nobody's offering this trade. It's not going to happen. You're not going to get it. You know what? So, yes. Here's, here's the thing. I don't know if I do it straight up. Oh, what? Yeah, I don't know if I do it straight up. Lillard's, what, 30? Is he 32? Like, I still think Ben Simmons is going to be an awesome player and is going to complete his game. He's a very good player now. And by the way, you notice, I'm not saying they're like all-time great defensive teams, but you do notice the Suns and the Bucks, who could be making the finals here, are pretty decent uh, defensive teams. Like, I'm not sure that, you know, we don't roll in what Dame does defensively, but we should. 
We should. He's awesome. Yeah. He's awesome. Uh, but I, I actually, I wouldn't do it. I'd have to see the deal. Right, but, but that's, anyway, you're, that's you're, what I'm saying. Is the, if per- the deal is Simmons for Dame, yes, I might not do that. But I get your point. Mo- most people would do that. So you nailed the result almost. You said ninety-seven to three. Yeah, it was ninety-six to four. Okay, it was ninety-six percent said Dame for Simmons. Yes, four percent, which included me. No, <laughs> well, there's no room for critical thinking when you're mad and you're in Philly and you're like, this guy's a bum. He's got no heart. I mean, the, the more appropriate question would be like. Would you do Simmons and you know two firsts for Dame? Like now you're like okay, now I don't know, I don't know exactly how that's oh, going to work I, out. I still think it would be like ninety ten, <laughs> sure. But I think that would be at least a more appropriate like way to ask the question, um, which is just like why I, I've always wondered like why do these these kind of polls? But I guess yeah. it's it's to get that, it's to get that reaction and to get that yeah, this is what it is. You know, would you would you trade? You know, right now would you trade the you know, Javen White from the Raiders for Aaron Rodgers. Like, yes, hundred to zero. Wow, look at this. A little extreme in your example, but <laughs> right. But I mean, that's that's the kind of question you're setting up. It's ridiculous. Uh, Lillard is going to be 31, so he's a little younger than I thought he was. So that changes things too. He's going to be 31 on July 15th, and well, I don't know if you compare him to another player who shoots 45 foot threes. Uh, Steph Curry looked fine this year at an advanced age, so you would assume Steph will be able to do this until he's. 35-36, unless there's some catastrophic health issue. You would think so. Uh, I, I I think, I mean, the more talked about one would be McCollum for Simmons. Right? I mean, that's the one that I think more people were like, oh, this could oh, be okay. more of one that makes sense. Which, And then then that is more of a question. Like, do you get a, a, you know, a second guy like McCollum, who I really, really like, but he's not, you know, superstar level? I would, I would not do that deal. Neither would I. I would need more with McCollum. Neither would I. But that's, I mean, that's more, that's a more likely scenario. But it's you know it seems like a one disgruntled city and one disgruntled player. Maybe there's a match there, so we'll follow sure. that one. Am I over my skis on the uh, Bucks are going to make the final, or is this not looking good now? Trey Young gets hurt, ankle says he's lost a bit of his explosiveness, and then uh, Chris Middleton comes up big as he does. Every once in a while. He's yeah. a weird player because he's a 20-point-per-game scorer, but my God, when he's down, he's down, and then he goes crazy like he did in the fourth quarter, fourth quarter yesterday with 20 points. It was unbelievable. He was, was great. And that's, you know, they were very caught up yesterday. And, I, God, I don't know. I never know who's broadcasting because I never pay that much attention. I'm just watching, and I've got the sound on kind of in the background. Uh, there was a couple of things that they were obsessed with. One uh, was Middleton being an Olympian. Like, I, they must have mentioned it. 50 times, which I was like, oh, okay, I don't really understand why this – are you mocking that he's an Olympian? I don't understand why you're making it such a big deal. And then the you know, Trey Young just doesn't look himself. I don't know. That that injury may have impacted him. May have. He could barely walk. Like Yes, yes, it impacted him. Uh, it was a significant difference between what Trey Young was before and after uh, he stepped on the ref's foot. Uh, yeah, this was, this was a major blow to the Hawks, and I would say I already thought that they were going to be in trouble – I would say the series ended when he stepped on the rest foot. It's not looking good. No. Not looking good for the networks either. Woo. <laughs> Buck Suns. Let's go. Suns Clippers. Tonight, we'll see if the Clippers can stay alive. Right here on ESPN Las Vegas. Uh, story over the weekend. Finally, they got somebody. So we're doing trending it too. All the hot stories coming out on a Monday. Major League Baseball caught someone. 
or caught someone with the sticky stuff, kind of. I mean, the player side and uh, manager, Scott Service and Hector Santiago, Mariners reliever, go Newark, New Jersey. He says it was rosin, but they made a big to-do about it. And, uh, you know, they got the bag out and they put the evidence in the bag. <laughs> and, you know, Santiago's are just kind of rolling his eyes. So, I, people are so they've gotten someone ejection, and now the Mariners, if this is upheld, are without a player for 10 days because they still get paid, which, of course, the union was never going to agree. Uh, to me, the union union was stupid. I'm seeing more and more people with this narrative of the union allowed Manfred to do this midseason. That's bullcrap. In a way, I think they were they're like, how do we protect the hitters but also protect the pitchers but not slam the pitchers too much? Well, they still get paid. There are a lot of people who believe Major League Baseball's grand plan in this is not really to catch the cheaters. It's actually to splinter the hitters and the pitchers for future negotiations. But that's a labor discussion to be held down the road. But, uh, yeah, Santiago caught, ejected, and he and Scott Service, a manager, are like, it's resin. Resin? Rosin. 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 I don't know why I'm saying resin. Yeah. Rosin. rosin. It's rosin. It was rosin all over the place. It's a hot day, you know, sweaty, rosin, rosin, rosin. I mean, I, I, I saw that excuse, and I, the first thing I said was, these are people that are around baseball all the time, right? Like, I mean, I know they're umpires and, you know, you want to make fun of them or whatever. They're not, they, they're around baseball every single day. They've been around baseball every single day of their life. I think they would know rosin, wouldn't they? Like that, that was my first reaction to that is like, yeah, umpires seem to be incompetent in a lot of ways, but I think they would probably know what rosin is when they, when they see it or when they feel it in the glove, that or, excuse didn't really fly with me. Oh, really? Or... Is it close enough that they're like, hey, you know what? We think Trevor Bauer and Garrett Cole are cheating, so let's go get Hector Santiago. It's the old NCAA philosophy. It's the old Tark philosophy, you know, saying, hey, Cleveland State's in trouble. So I'm sorry, check that. You know, Kentucky's in trouble. Let's go penalize Cleveland State. Yeah. Eastern Kentucky. Right. Uh, I don't I don't think that, that this is it. I mean, they've, they've had plenty of chances to do it. I, and here's the other thing. I think a lot of people are like, this is so stupid. I hate this. It's annoying. I love it. I love the, the rules in, the rules in place. But and, I, and, I, and I have all sides. As a pitcher, I'm livid, and I might act like a child like Scherzer did last week where I'm dropping my pants. You know I would. Um, and if I'm Girardi, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm checking them every inning. Yeah. The rules in place, if I can screw you up mentally. And, and for all these people last week who were like, that should be like a challenge. You can only do it once a game. Well, what good would that do? Right. You check it once, and then right away, he's like, okay, let's go behind <laughs> right. underneath the dugout and put the sticky stuff on because they can't check us again because that was a challenge. No, no challenge. Yeah, I, I love it. I love the drama. I love the intrigue of, of pitchers getting challenged and getting annoyed and having to deal with that mentally. Like, I love all that. And by the way, you know that it would completely ruin me if I was a pitcher of the major leagues and they were checking me. Like, I, it, I would be ruined. I wouldn't be able to throw a strike after that. So yeah. uh, it's part of a challenge of the game, I guess. I like it. Also trending at two, uh, one of the guys who I think people are looking at, hey, was this guy sticky stuff result? Trevor Bauer. So Bauer goes tonight. One of the craziest stories in all of baseball, and we'll hit this again with Coke, and we seem to do it every week, because I every week I'm like, I can't believe this is still happening, that the Giants are 50 and 27. The Dodgers are have been good, not yeah. great. They're 16 over 500. They're behind the Giants by three and a half. Tonight is Di Sclafani. He of the journeyman status, freehold in Jersey. Let's go, buddy. Against Trevor Bauer, who's making $28 million a year. Something like that, 32, 35, whatever he's making. What do we see happen here? And if you're the Giants, don't you check at least twice? Can you do it six times an inning? I'll do it six times an inning. 
Between every at bat. Right. Let's go. Who's going to react more emotionally than Trevor Bauer? Nobody. Right. Just putting his sword away and pointing at people, throwing up and in. I love it. You throw him off his game. Yeah, I love it. Um, I, I mean, this is for a j- late June series. This is fun. Uh, for where the Giants are, where the Dodgers are, the fact that <laughs> it's not—you know—it's funny. It's not even the fact that it's uh, like you know we're looking at it like, hey, it's early, it's late June. This is baseball now has the stage from now until I'll give it like the first week of August, and then football's back. So last week of July. I, you know what? Month. I actually I was being nice. Yeah, next month. I swear. So that's that's baseball, baseball now is. has now has like a month to be on the big stage, and then sorry, all all brands of football are back. And listen, I like the Giants. I'm, I've kind of been a, you know, it's been my, you know, kind of secondary team for a long time. Um, I, I love them, but they they are, I think, still, I, I think, a big underdog here in the, in the division. When the Dodgers are starting to get healthy, uh, they're getting some guys back. They've, they've been, you know, getting by on, yes, their backups are paid more than most team starters are, but they're getting by on their backups for the most part. Uh, they are going to be awesome, I think, in the second half of the season. So it's fun for the Giants right now, but I just don't think this is going to last very long. But hey, if they can have a big series right now, get up, you know, add add a couple games to the lead, now it gets a little more interesting, but I just think the Dodgers are going to take over. Big day over the weekend as the Golden Knights uh, did their locker clean out. Time to go. Some parting messages before uh, they're back here. It's actually very soon. The season is going to be back to normal, and you'll be rolling that thing out in early October. We'll find out from Adam the, some of the big themes on cleanup day, including uh, we got some more information on injuries. You had to think there were a couple of key Golden Knights who were injured. Actually, not the one I thought. The phone lines are open, and we want to hear from you. Call 702-364-1100 and tell us what's on your mind. Obviously couldn't really talk about it much then, but our medical staff, I mean, they did an incredible job in uh, taking care of me day in and day out. Uh, It was a broken foot. You know, I was uh, getting wheeled around a lot, but you know, our medical staff is awesome here. Uh, I mean, I I couldn't have done it without our medical staff. It sounded like a broken record, but they were pretty incredible. Now, back to Coalfield and Company in the Finley Toyota studio. Studio. Wait, what? Wait, that was someone who played in the last round? Played well. Uh, Mark, not Mark Stone. Alex, not Alex Tuck. That was Alec Martinez, who played well. Didn't really give any indication that was obvious that he was injured. He was being wheeled around? Excuse me? It was an interesting comment, for sure. Did uh, you think George McPhee and uh, Pete DeBoer's heads just exploded? They don't no. want any info out there, but the season's over. So yeah, I guess now, now it's okay to, to to spill the beans. Once the season's over, it's fine. And by the way, I think Pete DeBoer is fine with saying, I think he's just, he's following orders to he's, not talk yeah, about he's, it. He's under orders to do all the day-to-day stuff. Um, Yeah, pretty stunning. And, and also, you know, uh, interesting to note, this is something that couldn't really happen in non-COVID years, right? Where we're around, we're in the locker room. We're, you know, we're there in the, in the team facility and, and behind the scenes and, you know, seeing everything that happens. And so, and by, by we, I mean the media. And so, you know, these things couldn't, you can hide them to an extent, but yeah. if, if you've got a guy that you're putting in a wheelchair after the, after the games and after practices, everybody would have noticed that. I, I understand why the NHL does it for gamesmanship, but sometimes it's a little bit silly. Now, in this case, they're going to play the guy. So they don't want anyone to know, Hey, you know what? 
for the Canadians, if you can, you know, just take a couple of sticks and whack them in the ankle <laughs> right. when, whenever you get a chance. Um, the cra- crazy one is, think about it, the way the NHL operates, uh, Josh Naylor, who's a young guy, you know, Padres over to the Indians, he uh, snapped his ankle, dislocation, like terrible injury. He'd be day-to-day. Day-to-day lower you would, body. You would, you, would drag him, you would drag him off the ice, you know, because, you, you know, you'd get him up, kind of get him limping off the ice, and then he's day-to-day. And you wouldn't know. The, that's how it works. So weird. It's it's preposterous, but huh? hey, that's, that's what it is. That's that's. I guess how we it accept is and... it, and I guess uh, that's the amount of coverage they want. Because what I fear is, listen, I don't think uh, full disclosure on injuries is going to lead to lead to better coverage or more coverage. I mean, I guess it could, but what I fear is like we're. I don't even know what game this is. What is this? Switzerland and France. France, Switzerland. Oh, and what is this? Euro. Okay. Euro twenty twenty. It's being played in twenty one. This is at. This game is on at 2.20 our time, 5.20 Eastern. You want to make a bet that its numbers might beat, might be, you can't make a bet on might, will beat the Canadians oh. and Tampa tonight on NBC Sportsnet. Now, NBC Sportsnet has the first two games. That's death for the NHL. Big NBC has the rest of the games. But in this spot tonight against, you know, I'll call it rando soccer game because I'm not a it's soccer guy. Definitely not rando soccer game. I get it. But these soccer games have all been doing somewhere between like 750 and 1.1 or 1.2 million. Well, now it's a knockout round, so it's going to go up. Too. Okay. And the VGK series on NBC Sportsnet, like, couldn't, like, on average, was 950,000 viewers, which yeah. is shame. That's a shame. And this is, I mean, this is a very dramatic game that took place with two late goals to force uh, extra time. And now we're probably going so, go to go to kicks. So. So yeah, it's. I mean, this is going to be yeah. probably a pretty well-rated game, and you would expect that a game featuring Montreal and Tampa, um, two decent markets, but not, you know, massive markets and not really hockey markets. And um, Montreal is a traditional power, but they're Canadian. I, yeah, I would. I would expect uh, when you do just the American number, it's not going to be. It's not going to equal what this game does. So on uh, Alec Martinez' injury, is it fair to ask? Why was he playing or at who knows what he was at? No, he played, 75%. He was better than anyone else they had. Well, he played really well. Okay. I mean, so, so yeah, I think it's fair. And I, I don't know, you know, when you say broken foot, again, that can, that is a wide range of, right. um, of possibilities for, for how bad it was for professional athletes. Right. Well, and it's for, for you and I will wear on the foot. Right. You know, those, those sorts of things like those maps. Can you imagine skating at all with any sort of break in your foot? No. Can you imagine skating? <laughs> I know. Skating and trying to play a game. Like, skating is hard enough. Now you're going to try to play a game on it? And by the way, the way he plays with just diving in front of every... I would imagine he broke it blocking a shot. That's what he does constantly, just throwing his body in front of pucks. No, I can't imagine any of that. It's it's crazy. It's all crazy. Was... Martinez just caught in a moment of complete honesty, or is there a little strategy to throwing out there, hey, you know what? I just busted my ass and played with a broken foot. Wait, I might be out of here. Right. What do you think? A little gamesmanship? I don't think so. No. I think he's just being honest, and and I you know I think there is a lot of it that he he does want to be here, but I don't think he's I don't think he's trying to like you know kiss up or anything or anything like that or, or play to the emotions. I first of all I think he knows that uh, there's no such thing as emotions with McPhee and McCrimmon. Especially McPhee. I don't think he has emotions. What is that? Okay. Um, he's, just so, a machine. he's a machine. <laughs> yeah. He's just, but you like that, right? <clears throat> of course I do. Yeah, that's, that's what I think you have to be. Um, that, that, kind of, that kind of led to having Leonard and Fleury 
which again, we'll go back and say, looking at the way the year played out, if they don't have flurry, they're screwed this year. Sure. But during the playoffs, it, it wasn't exactly a great situation minus those dollars for another well, player or two. And here's the thing. Yeah. Would they have been screwed? Like they finished second. Would they, what would they have finished if they had to go to Logan Thompson while, you know, while, while Leonard was out? Tell people about Logan Thompson. He's a very good goal, but I'm not even saying that he's great. He's yeah. just a really good goalie at at uh, at the AHL level. But I'm saying like, if you were playing Leonard, because it was Leonard and Flurry rotating, and then Leonard had or Flurry had to play a whole bunch of games when Leonard was out, and Flurry was unbelievable, but Leonard was very good this year too. And if they would have had to go say down to Logan Thompson, what do you you lose three or four more games? Maybe so you're not plummeting. You're not plummeting all the way down to 63 points and right. and finishing behind. You're still in the playoffs. The Blues. Still in the playoffs, and you're still kind of having the same matchups anyway. Um, so I don't know how much how much it would have changed. But yes, Fle- that's not to say that Flurry wasn't um, unbelievable this year. He was. He had a great season. But we said all year, having two goalies is really good for the regular season. It's really bad for the playoffs. And they, they were fine in the playoffs. But in the end, they probably could have used an extra skater. Probably could have used an extra center uh, instead of having a goalie on the roster. And that, that might be what they have to do. And for all intents and purposes, what we believe happened last year, and I will never know for sure, what we believe happened is they tried to trade Flurry. There was no takers. Nobody wanted him. And not that nobody wanted him because he wasn't good. Nobody wanted the contract. And they couldn't get rid of him. And then eventually Bill Foley said, that's it. We're not trading him. We're keeping him. And that's where emotions kind of come in a little bit. But, um, yeah, I think it's, it's better to not have emotion. And I don't think McPhee really does, especially when it comes to his players. Uh, not that he's not a good guy or cares about them, but he he knows it's a business, and I think that that's the way you're supposed to operate when you're running the front office of a team. And that's not probably great for fans that want to have their same players for forever. But I think he operates on you know what is going to be best to win hockey games and to get points and to be successful in the playoffs. Like that's all he cares about. He doesn't care about if you like this guy or if his jersey is going to sell or you know who who people are holding up signs for in the arena. None of that matters to him, and it shouldn't. If they can't, well, let's say, let's go with the positive. Let's go. Let's not go energy vampire here. A glass overflowing. If they can keep Alex Martinez, I guess it's not glass overflowing. Someone else has to go. Would it be one of the other top defensemen? It won't be Petrangelo. Could they no. move on someone else? They could. I mean, I I can't imagine them trading like Shea Theodore. Can't imagine that having a young player who, you know, had some ups and downs a little bit uh, after having a great season last year. Um, but I think he's incredible, and I don't think you'd want to get rid of him. I think you would be more looking, you know, do you do you tr- Riley Smith going into the last year of his deal? You know, uh, Max Pacioretty still pretty valuable for a team that just needs a guy that can put the puck in the net. Um, you know, guys like that. Do you think about moving on from? Depends how good of a deal you can get, who you can get in their place. You don't just ship them out to ship them out. Um, and I think they can they can manage Alec Martinez. I think that he would take, you know, not significantly less, but I think he would take a, a you know a team friendly deal to stay. Um, you know, he's definitely earned more than the four million he was making. But you know, would he take just a little bit less? You know, just a little bit more than that instead of a massive raise from somebody else? Maybe. So there's ways you can work it without, you know, parting with a massive name. 
but yeah, they're to, in order to make this work for next year with you know who they want to bring back and if they want to add anybody, yes, they're going to have to make some decisions on who to get rid of. All right, we'll get Adam's take on what's going to happen with Alec Martinez. I know Graney had a, a strong thought on uh, keeping him around, and we'll also get to uh, what's going on around the Stanley Cup Finals. Believe it or not, Canadians have more troubles with COVID. The crew over at Finley Toyota speak Spanish, Thai, and even Persian. In fact, they speak 14 different languages. Come in and talk the universal language of big savings today. I love Cole Caulfield, his attitude, his pizzazz. It's what the NHL needs, and he's bringing it, and he's doing it unconditionally. No one expects it, just like Trey Young. We knew that he had the skill level and the talent ability to perform, but he's doing it on the biggest stage. I like the comparison with Trey Young because talking basketball and bringing basketball into the equation gives me a level of comprehension. Now. Back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota studio. So we were just talking about the ratings potentially going down these first two games in the Stanley Cup final. And, you know, unfortunately, NBC has just given up on hockey and NBC Sportsnet. Uh, while the personalities and, the you know, the the way they do the games, it's it's good. But it's just been buried and they're farming it out to freaking USA at times. And the ratings have been horrific. NBC Sportsnet never really caught on. And that's why it's going bye-bye. ESPN is going to take over, and I do think having Stephen A. scream and yell about hockey every once in a while is cool, but then if you're going to bring in an expert, that was P.K. Subban. I'm not, listen, I'm going to make a lot of mistakes with names. I can't remember any first names anymore. I screw it up all the time. But if your hockey expert comes in, and I guess this one's personal because the name's not that far from Cofield, who is Caulfield? I don't know. That's supposed to be Cole Caulfield. Of course. But oh boy, that's P.K. Subban. Also, it's his former team. Like, I know Caulfield wasn't there. I'm sure he's not He's not studying the <laughs> roster of his old team. That's ridiculous. You would think he's watching the games. Wouldn't you? He screwed up. <laughs> well, it's, uh, Ari, it's fine. Ari, trying to hop on the negative, jerk. It's all right, but it, it does make the point. It does, it, it does make the point, you know? That you're trying to deliver it to a bigger audience, and then your hockey experts <laughs> misiding the guy. Right. And by the way, to your to your point about the ratings between the hockey game and the uh, Euro game that's going on right now, uh, it is going to kicks, which is I know soccer people hate it, but it is it is the most drama, especially at a tournament this massive that you could possibly have. So I'd, I would imagine that especially this last hour of ratings is going to be pretty massive for the Euro game. And I, it'll probably be very tough for them to catch the hockey game. Do we have an update on uh, Joel Armia? We'll look for that here. We'll get to uh, the Canadians and Lightning and the rosters. Game time decision, last I saw. In uh, just a couple minutes. Uh, one more thing on Alec Martinez. We'll be talking about this a lot depending on what the decision is with Alec Martinez. So he said on going away day, cleanup day, over the weekend, broken foot. I had a broken foot. They're wheeling me around in between games. Thank God for the medical staff. You're like, whoa, okay. He gutted it out. Uh, your guy, Graney, our guy, in the morning said, uh, I get it's a business. Dollars always play a factor on both sides. But if I have a guy like Alec Martinez who played the entire playoffs with a broken foot while leading the NHL and block shots, I'm at least trying to figure a way to make the numbers work. I mean, I would agree. He's, he's a very important part of the team for sure. I don't know that. What's the breaking point, though? And you know, come on, someone else around the NHL is going to pay the guy a handsome fee. Right. He's getting older, though. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't think he like, – And would he the take thing. less money? That's, that's the thing. That's the other I, thing. I was just making the case. I think he's going to – he's probably going to uh, at least have to think about taking a little bit less money to stay with the Knights. He'll probably get a bigger offer somewhere. But 
I can't imagine him getting like a long term deal. Like if somebody steps up and it was like, "Hey, we'll give you six years, you know, six and a half million a year." Sure, you're, you're gonna have to go take that from somewhere else. Uh, but I can't imagine a long term deal for Alec Martinez like that, and not one that's a significant amount of money up uh, from what he's getting. So he's gonna probably have to make a decision between, between taking a little less money and staying here, or a little bit more money somewhere else. And if that other place, I know he's already won cups, but I think he probably still wants to play somewhere where he can compete again uh, for a cup. So that'll be a factor as well. I, I think, you know, they've done a pretty good job of making him happy here and maybe he'd want to stay. That'd be, that's ideal for the Golden Knights to maybe get him on a little bit of a more of a team friendly contract. Stanley Cup final. I'm looking forward to it because I want to see if this Canadian style is going to shut down a really, really, really high powered offense. Maybe they can do it. Uh, the series price is certainly nowhere Close to where it was for the Golden Knights series. Golden Knights were as high as 450, 475, 500 going into the series against Montreal. This one opened at a much more affordable 270. Lightning are favored minus 270. Too low? Overcorrection? I don't know if it's an overcorrection, and I think because of this. Ordinarily, I would say, yeah, it's a huge overcorrection. The Lightning are probably better than the Knights are at this point. And why is the line so much lower when it's just one series? Uh, that's insane. But... Uh, I don't think it's an overcorrection for this reason. We hadn't seen any of the North Division teams, that's all the Canadian teams, play anybody from outside their division at all. And I think all year everybody assumed the North Division was just garbage. And they go in and they play the Golden Knights, and they're more than more than able to compete. They beat them, and they, they look like the better team for stretches. So I think you come out of that and say, okay, maybe the Canadians or and or the North Division wasn't as bad as everybody thought. Uh, Tampa does have the question with the you know, Kucherov injury, uh, which, you know, who knows? He was able to play game seven, but who knows uh, what at what level he is. So there's some question marks on that side. But I think it's more you're finally getting some data on the North Division versus other teams. And, you know, every division versus other teams. You haven't seen any of these divisions play outside of each other. So who, who really knew uh, how they would match up against each other and who knew what divisions were better and all that? You, you just you made your determinations and your guesses. But now you're starting to get that data. So I don't necessarily think it's an overcorrection because of that. You're one of the only people I've heard say that Montreal has proven how good the North is. Not proven. Or I, it's I a legit it's... question because everyone just wrote it off for so long yeah. that the North just sucked. That's why the Canadians got through it. You flipped it around. You're like, actually, then they just show against the Knights that the North must have been pretty good. And, and I don't think it's just because against the Knights. I, my, my whole point is, how do you know? Like how like they might have been the best team, all of the best teams might have been in the North. I don't think that's the case, but like it, this assumption that they were just awful when they didn't play anybody else and they didn't when they didn't have to cross over, you just don't know. Like you you have no idea because we didn't see it happen. Now you're starting to see a little bit of of data of these teams playing against each other. It's it's not fair because you're not seeing all the teams do it. It's just the teams that have advanced. But we're finally starting to see it a little bit. So. Maybe we're maybe we just had some misconceptions about the division. No morning skate for uh, Joel Armia. He was on the he was on the PJ. Private jets. He was on the private jet. Yeah, you know. Sorry, I know you you fly private all the yes. time. I don't get that jargon. For us uh, hipsters, the PJ private jet. COVID protocol. Yeah, he had to, he flew separately. So we'll see. I mean, they're they're wondering. You know, they're worried about you know him getting there late and how close to Brady he'd be. They say he's cleared. Uh, so I would imagine he's pretty close to being able to go, but uh, there are some question marks around him. And, he did. Uh, uh, this is his second time on the list. He was out from March 22nd to April 10th. It says here after testing positive for a variant 
of the coronavirus. That's when uh, the Canadians had four games canceled. Interesting. Uh, Ducharme expected back now. He's been out since game three of the night series. Is expected back for game three of the final. That'll be the full 14 days. So When they go back to Montreal. I wonder what's going on here with Armia. Did he test positive? No, I don't think so. Is he vaccinated? Did he come in contact with someone? I would imagine it has to be close contact. I wonder if he's in contact with Ducharme, and now we're just finding out who came in contact with Ducharme some eight days ago. Because that, that, that was one of the bigger miracles we've ever seen, that none of the Canadians and none of the Canadians came in contact with their coach, Ducharme, and none of the Knights came in contact with their GM, McCrimmon. Well, the GM thing is much more believable. Because I don't think the GM is necessarily in the locker room. Um, the coach one was very weird. I don't know how that worked out. Uh, but maybe he also—it's also possible he violated protocol. Maybe he went to maybe he went to a club or something. Vegas seemed to can be titillating. We'll say that. Well, I'm saying he maybe he did it in Montreal. Like after they won, he could have. After they a lot won, of people he out, maybe he just walked outside amongst the ten thousand people and avoided getting a police car flipped on him. But maybe he had someone breathe on him the wrong way. There was there was a lot of them. a lot of people out there. Yes. So now Jake Evans, who didn't play in this last series, right? I'm correct on that, right? He was out the whole time with the. Uh, he was ramping up. He was close. I think he might have played in a game seven. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he was skating this morning with uh, Eric Stahl and Corey Perry. So who are you rooting for? I don't, I'm not really rooting for anybody. I'll probably be rooting for whoever I bet on throughout the series. Yeah, I'm rooting for the Canadians to get destroyed tonight and then get a big number going into game two for the series. So that I can bet them on that, and I already have the Lightning at three to one for the uh, Stanley okay. Cup title because I jumped on them after they were down. I think it was one nothing against the Islanders. I was like, I'll get in on this three to one. That's not bad. Well, since you already have that, that's good. I was yeah. actually I was looking the other way uh, where I was I was doing an interview uh, somewhere this morning where I said, you know, I hope that Montreal wins Game One and we get a really good price on Tampa. Okay, so we're head to head tonight. Screw you. Sure, I need the Canadians to lose sure. big to max go. my number. Yeah, that'd be nice. It's pretty sad, isn't it? That that's all we're that's what we're most interested no, in. No, that's, that's I what's... actually I'm really interested in the series. I think it's going to be cool. That's the fun of sports betting, and it's I'm great. interested to see how the Montreal fans react, good or bad. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Swing and a high deep drive right field. Watch this baby carry. It is gone into the bleachers. Rafi Devers with number 19, a three-run shot. Boy, the Red Sox continue to pound the Yankees early in the game. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. 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 That was rough. That was rough. If you're a Yankee backer, lost weekend. Lost weekend, and it was Garrett Cole Day. RPMs are down. The hell's going on here? Call there from uh, Red Sox TV. That guy's having a great year. Rafael Devers, monstrous. Yeah. I'm sure it makes Dave Koken happy. Dave always bets with his head, not his heart, but still has some Red Sox love, right, Dave? Yeah, I, I guess. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm not much of a fan anymore. All right, what'd you make of the weekend? It was a good series for the Red Sox. No question about that. Um, uh, look, they get a good lineup, and they're, they've they been playing as, I, you know, I said at the beginning of the season, you can forget about 2020 which was just a lost season for them. Um, they're back to being contenders, and I think they're going to be buying it uh, as we get closer to the deadline, probably going to get a first baseman. 
maybe add a pitcher. They're a pretty good team. All right, on Cole, I know we've been trying to figure out from a gambling standpoint how the sticky stuff ban is going to affect certain guys. I mean, we got a, basically a month, three weeks in the books with Cole. I mean, yesterday was like a record setter for how many home runs he'd given up. Uh, you know, worst first inning of his career. Um, he was, you know, he didn't throw like a seven ERA, Dave, in June, but his ERA is four six five. So all of a sudden, do you recalibrate when you're betting a guy like Cole? No, no, you shouldn't never do that on a small sample. And he's only had two bad starts. All right. Uh, he had a bad start against Tampa. Uh, wasn't awful, but it wasn't great. Uh, and he and he had a bad start yesterday. But the three prior starts, he gave up two runs in seven innings, two runs in eight innings, two runs in six innings. So there's nothing wrong with Cole. He just had a bad game. Yankees and their prices? Well, they keep getting priced on the brand. And they're a 40 and 37 team, which is basically all they are. You know, they've got rotation issues. The lineup's a little bit clunky at times. Uh, I think they're better than 40 and 37, but not a, not a lot better. The rotation just, look, Kluber was really coming on when he got hurt again. And that's had a, a big impact on this rotation. What do you think of some of the New York talk about Cashman should be on the hot seat now? Well, that's, they say that every year. So, <laughs> Well, but. And, and I agree with you. I'm not, I'm not looking to blow them out. But I will say the Yankees keep repeating the same mistake going into most of their years while they're looking at the other elite teams in baseball, maybe not the Red Sox, but most of the great teams in baseball have more than one freaking guy you can rely on in the starting rotation. And I know starting pitchers have been, yeah, their, their impact has been reduced a little bit, but you still got to have horses. Yeah, I, I, but also what's happened with the Yankees is that some of their prospects, or the guys who are supposed to, supposed to be superstars, have turned out to be okay guys, and that's about it. Glaber Torres, definitely not a superstar. He's fallen way down the shortstop rankings. They were talking about this guy as, uh, oh, he's going to win MVPs down the road. Well, right. uh, Sanchez has shown some life lately, but how long is that going to last? Stanton gets, you know, if he can play more than a week consecutively, that's it's an achievement for him. <laughs> um, they're just, they're just not in great shape right now. Uh, and the interesting thing is, I don't know that buying is going to be particularly fruitful for them. They've got to get back and develop some prospects. And right now, the prospects aren't developing the way they'd like. Yeah. But, Dave, you know, the evil umpires of baseball, if they don't have what they need in their system to get good starting pitching, then what do you do? You buy. And for, you know, going way back now, for the Astros to be able to land Verlander, that changed the fortune of their franchise. And there's no way if, if the Yankees – are trying to win at the highest level, there's no way they can lose out to the Dodgers for Trevor Bauer. You just can't let it happen. Yeah, there is. They don't have the... Uh, I mean, Bauer was a contract thing. but Right, that was a buy! Don't oh, I understand the they, Dodgers! They, they have a luxury tax threshold, and, uh, and the Yankees don't want to go come over. Come on! <laughs> You're right. Well, then that, that's not Cashman's fault. That's that's Hal Steinbrenner's fault. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Sorry, man, uh, I got a vent. Uh, and and right now the Yankees' problem is there are a lot of prospects to trade. Yeah. There are other, you know, the Astros had all kinds of prospects, which they they, they had so many they they were able to deal some of them and get some great players. Uh, the Yankees are not in that. Uh, they're not they're not really great in the prospect department right now. Well, if you don't have great prospects and the ones that you thought were great aren't panning out, isn't that doesn't that go back to that's maybe why they need to move on from Cashman? <laughs> Cashman maybe Cashman does need to go. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's your whole scouting department. Yeah. I, I you, if you can fire, you can fire one guy, but 
I, I mean, you got Dominguez is, is a high, very highly rated prospect. Uh, David Garcia is their number two prospect right now. Right. Clark Schmidt's their number three prospect. Garcia hasn't developed yet. Schmidt's hurt. Um, then you look down, it's just not yeah. a real good. They, they've got, on the Baseball America Scouting Trust, they've got one guy in the organization over 60. Yep. And that's, and that's uh, uh, Dominguez. Yep. Inexcusable. And that's it. Inexcusable. Can't, it can't happen. Uh, from a betting standpoint, again, it's a small sample size, but are you starting to look at totals around baseball, especially with the lack of sticky stuff? We've seen the walks go up from, let's see, the week of 6-7, 574 walks across baseball, 605 the week after, 719 the week after that. You're talking in two weeks, uh, you know, about a 25% jump in walks. Are we going to start to see more runs out there because the pitchers can't grip the ball? I don't know if it's the pitchers can't grip the ball or they're just not as sure of themselves. Right, right, right. Or or it's summertime and balls travel better in the heat. Uh, and, uh, you know, offense goes up in the summertime. And it, it's going up again. Uh, I, I'm glad to see it. I, we need a little more offense in the game. Uh, so we should get a couple of months with lots of runs now. But the, the premier pitchers are still going to dominate. Dave Kokins with us. We do a DC and Sunshine Man podcast. That's every Friday night at 1030. Uh, I want more from you on this because we talked about it a little bit with the season closing out last week. They had clean out day. So some final comments from some of the Golden Knights. All right, Dave Kokins, the GM, what are you doing now in the offseason with Leonard and Flurry? Well, one of them is gone. We, we, we know that. DeVore basically said so. Uh, and it's going to be Flurry uh, in all likelihood, just age and contract. So Leonard's going to be your star next year, and I don't know what they'll do for the backup. Um, but I, I, it would seem highly unlikely that you're going to see both go. And there's no way you could see Leonard going bye-bye over Flurry. I think we lost him. Ah, we lost him. Damn it. All right, well, Dave's back on Friday. Sorry about that. Uh, somehow we lost Dave there. Um, I'll tell you a pretty interesting story today, Adam, on ESPN. And it sort of plays into why some organizations just stink. I mean, you can get around it. There was a story today or this weekend, uh, the last star player drafted by all 30 Major League Baseball teams. And frankly, it's a lot of the teams that you would expect haven't drafted a star. Like, And that's why they've just been consistently... <laughs> Now, I'm not here to argue with, like, you know, have have there been guys that have been good players? Like, you know, I think the Reds have actually drafted some guys who have been pretty decent players, right? But according to this, the, the writer's standards, last star player they drafted the Reds was 2006 with Justin Turner, who obviously didn't land with the Reds eventually right. Mets and then the yeah. Dodgers. Tigers, not since Verlander in 2004. Royals, this is a stretch, too. Alex Gordon, who I don't think was a star player, was a <laughs> yeah. good player. That was 2005. Phillies, I think, have overcome it, but the Phillies are one of the evil empires of baseball, and they have a lot of money, so they can buy their way out of it. Uh, according to the parameters set up, Cole Hamels was the last star player in 2002 that was drafted. Oof. Giants, which, again, they're 50 and 27. Giants have gotten around it with a lot of creativity in terms of Buster Posey? trades and signing. It was 2008 with Buster Posey, but wow. I mean, that's 13 years ago. That, and that's a nice ball. this one, according to this guy's parameters, the Mariners, last star drafted, not applicable. Never? Well, the last one was 1993, Alex Rodriguez. That's not good. They didn't draft Felix? I'm trying to remember where he came he, from. I'm guessing that he was a uh, he was an international signing. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Wow. Yeah. He's, the writer says, what a sad story this is. Yes, by my criteria, the Mariners have not drafted a single-star player since. Hey, Rod, uh, they did draft Seager, who's a good player, but maybe not a great player. I think his war for his career is like 35. It's just, it's it's such a weird, like I have to, uh, the, that whole concept is weird because there's so many star players. Like, yeah. who, who's, it's just one team drafting every star player and then distributing them around, <laughs> around the league. It's It's a very weird concept to think, you know, that's been that long since people drafted stars. Unless you're saying, well, they have to do it for like 10 years. Um, you know, it, okay. it's, a, it's a weird one. I'll get you the parameters. Because I'm looking at the Royals now, and I'm like, wait, Zach Greinke? But was he before 2005? Is he that? I guess he is that old. Man. But there are some organizations out there. And we were just talking about the Yankees. The Yankees have not drafted well. They just haven't. And that's one of the reasons they're in this position. So, yeah, that goes to Cashman. And the other one is, listen, they got all geeked up over – Mike, Giancarlo Stanton, they didn't need him. That's not the kind of guy they need. They, they need pitching every year. They have this ragtag bunch behind a number one or two, and then that's it. And they've had bad luck. You know, Severino shredded the elbow. So they've had bad luck. But you look at other teams, like the Dodgers finally got to a point. They're like, all right, we're, like, we're getting guys. Hell, a couple of years ago, I thought they had landed a great one. And David Price, he's not good now. But are they rolling David Price out as their second starter? No. They moved on. <laughs> they've, they've got like yeah, nine now, starters. Now he's a sixth inning guy. Yeah, they've got like nine starters. Eight, when you're in L.A., when you're in Boston, when you're in Chicago, when you're in New York, when you're in freaking Philly, you know, name the other evil empire cities. You don't just rest. $200 million pay. What does it matter at that point if it's 210 225 240 God! These Steinbrenner kids! Finley Toyota. They'll do anything to sell you a car. No Toyota problem is too tough, too large, or too small. Keep your Toyota running like a Toyota.